welcome to a special episode of our Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand series brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity. For more information on the Rainmaker Multiplier process and a list of all podcasts in this series, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. Good morning. Good to see everybody this morning. I'm excited about today's call. You start a new year and you look back at the last year and say, man, we had a good year, but we want to do better. And looking at the numbers that we've seen in the last quarter, we definitely are on a good run rate for another record-breaking year this year at C2P. Now, that comes from you guys. It comes from the challenges that you have that you overcome. And so today, what we're going to talk about is the wins. We all like to talk. We all like to talk about the wins that we've had. How have you been able to do what you've done? We could have picked a couple of dozen people to be on this call as far as such a concern. But we also want to hear what your challenges are so we can work with those and understand it's not working. We have Julie Manning on the call today and Chris Cardova and Keith Heritage are going to share some of their wins and some of the challenges that they're having. And talking to Matt a little bit earlier, the JL Smith Group had a record-breaking quarter on their tax season. Brandon closed the case last week for $3.9 million off of taxes, and he's got several other large cases that we're working on. So the tax season is definitely working. But I'm going to let others talk about that. Julie, welcome. You've got some really good stuff going, don't you? I do. Thanks for having me. I was thinking about this last night when I couldn't sleep and I had to re in my mind, I had to reconfigure what's working and what's not working. Cause that re- means to me is what keeps me up at night. <laughs> so if you want to know what keeps me up at night, here we go. I was looking back over quarter Q1 in 2022 versus 2023. I only got one new client first quarter of 22, but I have two now for 2023. So there's a win, but I was a little bit concerned that my classes weren't hitting the right target. So we, I teach social security and Medicare and I got a lot of people that come through my office and I close enough to <clears throat> meet some goals and I've done pretty well, but I'm thinking I'm not teaching the right classes that maybe, you know, maybe why not I'm closing, why I'm not closing more is I need to be teaching taxes and retirement or some other topic. And so for me, that's, yeah, last year I ended up with 20 new clients, but for to finish the first quarter with two from the FIA class, no bueno for me. However, I will tell you that the one turnaround from that was so with FIA. if you're a member, you may know this, if you're not, they offer the CF designation, so Certified Financial Fiduciary, which is basically it's like a 50-question test that you take and promise to do right by your clients, right? I, with the help of Dave Allison, just brought on a $15 million client as a result of that designation. So the classes in person, not sure what I'm going to go do going moving forward. I think I need to tweak that. But hallelujah <laughs> to the guy that was looking for a CFF who happens to live literally right down the street from my office. So that's kind of where I am with the, what's not working. I think can I just chime in? I think what's important of this lesson here, Julie, or this you just spoke about, is the fact that we have to have many tools in our toolbox or many uh, yeah. bullets to shoot out because you never know where it's going to come from. But if you're diligent, it's going to come when you need it. So yeah. 
anyway, I just wanted to chime yeah. that in. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, Jason and I had a long conversation about diversifying my marketing <laughs> recently, right, like in January. So my goal is by the end of the second quarter to have a, an, another stream that I can pull from when and if the FIA classes just aren't working for that particular time or for whatever reason. So, so that's what's not working. Okay. Do you want to so, hear what's working? Yes, definitely. Okay. So I cannot say enough about the executive team at C2P. So from Carl calling me and checking in, Dave helping me with this client, Jason working with me on trying to get advisor compensation model ready so I can hire somebody to help me. Bill Cates. I mean, the list of characters just goes on and on. Caleb taking my call the other day and talking with me about some things. So at the end of the day, I had somebody call me from another FMO recently. He's trying, he's called me several times. He's dying to pull me away. And I said, look, I said, unless the whole cast of characters like fell off the face of this earth, you're not taking me from them <laughs> because you guys give us so much support. And so I just wanted to put that out there is for those of you that don't lean on these guys just a little bit, do because they're amazing folks. So even though my production is not where I want it for first quarter, probably won't be for second quarter. I'm tickled that I've got this great support team. Thank you, Julie. Appreciate that. Yep. Chris, you're you're having a great quarter, a great start to the year. Tell us, tell us what's working and what's not working with you. You're muted, Chris. This Zoom thing's kind of new. I'm just still getting used to it. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, good morning, everybody. It's it's going to be here. I'm sure out of the long list of people that you guys could have invited, we have barely made the cut, but it's nice to be invited nonetheless. Yeah, just very humbly, I guess I'll just share with you, I think, some of the things that I was thinking about and knowing that I would be hopping on today. And I think I, I made a small list, if you don't mind, and I'll just share that with you. But really, there's three, three things and then uh, some tactics that I think would attribute to that. First is we spent a lot of time tail end of last year working on our team culture, core purpose, and goals. Um, it's really important to kind of get on the same page. For those of you that don't know, I've been spending a big chunk of the last couple of years, couple of few years, probably getting out, out of the production cycle myself as a lead advisor and trying to get my team involved a bit more. And they're doing a great job with it. It's taken a little time, but now they're ramping up fast and furious fast and furiously. But when you've got uh, different people walking in different directions, it's not the same as uh, you all moving together as a steamroller. And that's really what we're trying to get to. So blocking out dedicated time to really focus on your goals, do, doing that in an organized manner and then check it in, which we just did at a team builder over Top Golf last quarter to get last week to reset again for this next quarter. So I think that's been fun and impactful. The second is a training. So first is team mindset. Second is training. This is where we took the entire team back through Bucket Point, Bucket Point 1.0 for a redo. And, and that was really helpful even just to, if nothing else, just to hear the information again, but learn what's new and just kind of reinforce what we already knew and make some tweaks, which I'll share with you in just a minute. But I'd be remiss if part of that training, I didn't mention that our speaking of, of the March Madness in college, but off the bench is our most important off the bench player. And that's Kirsten with C2P. That's just been an amazing team player for us. That's really kind of stepped up whenever we've had a case that we've needed to get some information about, uh, whether it be troubleshooting or research or illustrations or what have you. And just, just, it's been an amazing resource. I try to tell my team because they haven't had the experience of understanding how much work it takes to do that all yourself. And that's my point. I don't want them to spend the time doing that. I want them spending the time speaking to people and, and getting more business. 
And then the third item is just tiny, I call them tiny tweak tactics. I've just got a small list of them, but I'll go through them pretty quickly if you don't mind. And if you need to come in off, just give me the signal. But the first is prospective new clients going through our process, just picking up that little tiny language. And my advisors reminded me of it. And I thought, that's great. I forgot. I love that too. But just, would you like to have a portion of your soon bucket guaranteed? So these are just little tweaks that we've just added back into our dialogue with training and just discussing. So that's a that promoted the conversation to getting to speaking more about the annuity. Second is our existing annuity clients going through a review process. We having the discussion as far as interest rates having increased. They get that for the most part, but how we're bringing it up is a little bit different. Most people understand the concept of refinancing your mortgage when the interest rates have changed. So we tie that in and just ask them if they are interested in potentially refinancing their annuity. And then we explain the difference. Obviously, it's the opposite and change of rates and so forth, but you guys get it. So, But that terminology is engages them in the conversation. I think it's been a fun one to do. Now, for our existing non-annuity clients going through our review process, this is where we're discussing interest rates, not just interest rates, but also how they felt through the last bear market or through last year's bear market, essentially, and then ask them if they would like to refi a portion of their soon bucket. So not just not just refinancing their annuity, but refinancing the bucket because they didn't have an annuity to begin with. And then asking if they're open for a portion of that to be guaranteed or how they feel about a portion of that being guaranteed. So those three items I thought were impactful because they're seeing the results in the business. The next item is the pyramid of risk. And we generally go through that with the best and worst experience. And we always encourage people when we tell them, look, when we go through this, we're going to look at everything with a clean slate. We're going to leave our bias at the door. But sometimes our clients... Don't leave that bias at the door. You guys know that. And we might've taken on a client years ago that had a very big bias against annuities. And, and we try, we, it's important not to judge those people by those old biases because those things change. And part of the time, the reason they change is because there's other advisors who are speaking to them unbeknownst to us sometimes. And in this particular case, there was somebody that was adamant about not wanting to do any annuities. He had a bad experience with one in the past and he just tied them all together, but just totally adamant about it. Long story short, we had this conversation with them and, and that led to another million dollars in business and annuities that he never wanted to touch. So that would be an example of that. And then the last item I'll just share with you, it's super simple, but the story behind it is kind of funny because, and I won't say which, there, there's a client of ours that's a medical director and an associate professor at one of the major medical institutions locally. And he confided in me just a couple of days ago. He said, Chris, I've got to tell you the story. Between us, I've never read a book, <laughs> not in entirety from start to finish, which is a little scary if you think about it from a medical perspective. But in any case, he said, I've never read a book, but I can't put this book down. And he just wanted to tell me how much he was enjoying the Bucket Plan book and that he finally gets it. <clears throat> Part of the reason he had the book in his hand, this is an existing client for now five years or so but we're circling back and giving it a second round of the book to everybody because now that we've been speaking about it a little bit more, they maybe have experienced it, they heard the story, but they didn't quite get it or maybe they didn't read it the first time. So anyway, these are some of the things that, that we're just kind of tweaking a little bit into the system and that we're trying to get our advisors are doing a great job of putting all that together. Cool. Thanks, Chris. Great points there. One thing you brought up that I really, Elaine, would you uh, or uh, put on the chat the numbers to the help desk because Caleb and Kirsten and Eric and that team have done a wonderful job. And if you're not utilizing them, asking for their help, you're really missing out on that. So kudos to that, that team there. 
Built on the foundation of the award-winning bucket plan process, Clarity to Prosperity's proven processes, training, and coaching can help you increase your revenue. If you are a growth-minded, independent financial advisor, you qualify for a free copy of the bucket plan book. Go to claritytoprosperity.com forward slash offer to get your free book today. That's claritytoprosperity.com forward slash offer. Keith, tell me you're having another bumper year. Tell me what's working and what your challenges are, what needs to be fixed. So what we, I started, I had marketed in 12 years at least. We just all done referral business. And then we started last year, did a whole bunch of stuff wrong, picked up a few good clients. But this year we've been doing just dinner seminars through lead response. Like we basically use the taxes and retirement webinar slides and we plucked out about 50 or 60 that we like. And we put in a few extra of our own and we have only done the city that I'm close one time over, but usually uh, whatever mailer, I don't, Sean handles this. I don't know what I got at any one in the beginning, but he does the mailer and we have two different 6.30 dinners that night or that week that we schedule the mailer to have the presentations. We usually have between 60 and 100 people on a wait list. And then we've been having Pellegrini's team all over the wait list and booking other days for the restaurants in the future. So usually one mailer gets us four to six weeks worth of seminars. And we've also been doing a white glove usually once a month, which the white gloves are doing pretty good. I, what I found is I did all the eight digit last year and really was frustrated. We've done the DoorDash deal with this other company where they deliver food like steaks while the person's watching the webinar. And that hasn't yielded such good results, but there's a lot smaller amount of people mails that you mail to. We quit doing the AFIA last year. We were trying to do them in small towns. I had a great idea from the last conference we were at, I think in Arizona with you guys. And they just, they kind of dropped the ball a little bit. So we just, I just finally dropped the membership. I've been paying that for over a year and just not really seen any real results from it whatsoever. And so we just do the white glove. I do the same presentation that I do for the dinners. I build into the presentation a whole bunch of personal experience of clients. And I don't know, it's working pretty well. I'm surprised. We still, I still feel like we have a huge gap somewhere. Another big thing, you guys will probably all laugh at this. I finally, my office finally got me to start using the connection questionnaire, whatever it is. They have a folder and I go through everything that seems to be, I really, that took a lot to get me to do that, but I do that. Just so all the information's in a folder now, and that has been extremely helpful. We do the priorities and concerns at the end of the first appointment or the beginning of the second as a starting point to talk from. And so we have them fill it out. We don't usually talk about it till the next appointment typically. But uh, yeah, just following the process. But I, Jason mentioned to me something the other day that everybody's going to have different successes with different things in different areas, whether it's your personal background or the area you're in. But for us, just the dinner seminars have been pretty great. And we typically do the first ones at 6.30, which we all hate here at the office. And then when you're on the wait list, we always make it 5 or 5.30. And people feel like they have to make an arrangement to be there because there's such a big wait list. And then the white gloves, we also, those are maxing out. I don't know if it's just a topic or what, but we'll, we'll ask for 25. We usually get between 45 and 60 people show up. There's usually no empty seats. It's uh to go through the presentation and we're still getting stuff off of that from the January one, just because the Pellegrini team calling them and staying in touch with them until they get in front of us. 
We definitely have a little bit of a gap, though, I noticed after the first and second appointment, closing a lot of those people, there's a lot of money we haven't got. So, and I struggle with that a lot, never liking to lose. And I don't really know if I should just get used to not getting those people. And all these accounts for us, they're pretty decent sized accounts. They're all one to $4 million in cash assets. They're pretty basic, pretty simple. Most of them, frankly, don't even need a bucket plan. They're just wanting tax management. We've had a lot of really great compliments. One person said he's a professional plate licker. He's never seen a presentation that good. So we get a lot of that type of compliments. Like, thankfully, this isn't about annuities and investments and, and it's, it's built around that. The only thing that the gap that I noticed that I haven't figured out how to close, the last one I did, I make some ground on it. But the way I presented it, a lot about half the people literally go back to their advisor and expect to get that advice, even though we have specific slides built around that. I just enhance those slides a little more now just by asking questions. But yeah, it's just a presentation you guys have that we just kind of plucked out. Instead of doing 245 slides, I think it's like 45 or 60. And it's all built around taxes. We keep waiting for it to slow down because it shouldn't last forever. I don't know if it'll go all year. I was going to, in September, when the letters from Irma start landing, I was going to start doing Irma presentations, which I don't know necessarily yet if it'll just be Irma or if I'll build it into the tax presentation somehow. But so far, it's been pretty good. Um, and that's the only thing I've seen as a big gap is one, we're not very good at following up because I'm the only one here that's done a bunch of marketing. And it's really hard for me to figure out how to translate what they need to do or what I did forever, but what they need to do to get through that middle gap spot. And then the other thing is understanding how to make sure that they know that they're not going to get this from the current situation, that they actually need us for this. So. David, hey, yeah, hey, it's cool to know dinner seminars are back working again. So you're using white glove and response mail? or yeah. to Bill, and they're both filling dinners. What type of restaurant? No, so White Glove, I'm only doing libraries. Okay, so White uh, they, Glove. They just go to the library and we, they, we just show up. That's a whole different group of people that show up for that. The dinner seminars are uh, totally separate through, I think it's lead response. Lead response now. Okay, gotcha. And yeah. what restaurant are you doing, Matt? Like what type of restaurant? So we did prime. So there's a bunch in my town. There used to be none, but now there's a bunch of good ones. You got to do, they're really big on reciprocity. Response, lead response thinks that you have to feed them a really nice steak dinner and they will in turn give you a chance. So it's only high-end steakhouses. Like here locally, the Shula's is really not that good. So we haven't used it. Prime and Pearl is an extremely high end, but we did one there and it wasn't very good the way the doors opened. It was very loud. So we've actually been doing, I don't know if you guys have heard of Spurrier. He was a coach for South Carolina, for Florida. So he had a restaurant built around a museum, basically, of his trophies. And so we've been doing it there just because it's a really good fit. It's to be five-star steaks, but it's really more four-star. It's just marinated really good. It's a decent restaurant, but it's not extremely high-end. They're all too grand to pop every time we do it. And so, yeah, you got to use a high-end steakhouse. We've struggled with that because we want to get into these smaller towns in the outlying area. There's a lot of money there, but I haven't really figured out how to do that yet. And lead response isn't very good at bending with that and saying, well, a $40 plate is okay. They kind of want you to spend 100 Have you converted more people into clients from the white glove library or from the response uh, dinners yeah, yeah it's a, are they are you finding like the steak dinners are bringing in a more affluent crowd than the white glove libraries are or is it about only not really the only reason maybe is that they made a limit like a hundred grand or something and i kind of got after them about that and i don't know if it's half a million now or a quarter million but about everybody that comes to steak dinners is 
we only see one that was a half million. The rest are one to four million. A lot of times, like the guy the other day, yesterday was in here, we had 3.5 million in liquid assets. So, nice. From there, and if anyone hasn't seen, we actually updated the taxes and retirement seminar with a bunch of the Secure Act 2.0 stuff in it. You could reach out to our team. It's the seminar I know JL Smith is using. I think there's even a recording of like Brian Bibbo or somebody delivering it, but it's got some of the updated slides on the Secure Act. And, and then, like I said, I think Keith's approach, if, if you want to pare it down, you know, it's kind of that Joel Weldon approach to seminars where there's a lot of slides, but you kind of rapid fire through it. If anyone remembers when we brought Joel Weldon in as a speaker coach, it's like his whole approach is have like 10,000 slides and just go through it really quickly. So there's a lot of slides, but it's it, it's the exact one Bibbo does at JL Smith. But again, it's got some of the updated things in it. But that's awesome. Thanks, Keith. I wanted to touch on something Keith is having issues with, and that's you said you were having some issues sometimes going from the first appointment to the second appointment, Keith. That was uh, in the beginning, and I used that connection questionnaire. That's really helpful. Well, that's what I was going to say. I've done a lot of coaching over the last year. Because our clients are getting larger, it's really important that you follow that fact finder step for step because it's a relation-building tool that's going to get you where you need to be. I've worked with six or seven just recently advisors, and we did some role-playing, and it's made a difference in, in how you get from that first appointment to that second appointment. Don't take it for granted that you know it. Follow it to the T. Build a relationship, and then everything else is going to are you doing fit call? Are you like, is the call to action from the seminar to schedule a fit call? And then you're doing a fit yeah, call? Yeah, I, I very much say if they don't schedule a fit call, they, they completely wasted their time and hopefully they can already afford a steak dinner if they're in the room. <laughs> I mean, I say those words. About half of them will do a fit call with Sean. And then the other half just come in for the appointment. Typically the ones that come straight in for the appointment are pretty decent network. So, I mean- and I told Sean there was no way he was going to be right on this and the lead response was totally wrong and 94%. There's no way they were that accurate on the asset level of these people. But so far, they've been pretty good. Maybe I haven't got to the 95th person yet, but for now, I've not had somebody come through that was a lower asset level for that. Now, the white glove, the library, that'll sneak in some people at 250, 300,000. Um, but there's been a lot of library people that were huge assets. I was really surprised at that. Yeah, to your point, it kind of goes into what Julie was sharing earlier. It's, you know, not only are you diversifying your marketing, but, you know, there's some people who will never go to a steak dinner. There's some people that'll never go to a library. And I think that's the beauty of what you're doing. You got a lot of hooks in the water fishing for different types of fish because there's just, there's some people that'll never go to a live seminar in the first place. So to be doing virtual ones and an evergreen strategy behind the scenes, you know, all that stuff. It becomes so critical. That's awesome. We haven't had a huge success. We have like two good appointments of like four million a piece and no clients yet. But that DoorDash idea, lead response, saying a lot of you guys as advisors in the country are killing it with it. I mean, bringing in 10 million a month, some of these guys. Now, obviously, they're good presenters. But that DoorDash thing is the idea, the same thing as the eight, eight digit. It's just a much smaller mailing of group of people because they have to be able to deliver the food within the five miles. But that's a worthwhile thing to try. I just haven't had huge success with it yet. But what they talk about, it's not that expensive to try it one or two times, especially if you're already doing well. Okay. Matt, did you want to just give us a couple of minutes before we close on marketing and the issues that you're seeing and things of that nature? Yeah. And I, thanks, Carl. I 
was kind of glad hearing some of what's been going on here. And I know we talked a little bit before we started because I'll speak for a lot of the advisors that I'm talking with on mentor calls and even for JL Smith. I see Keith, Keith is on here because we're seeing the same thing there that seminars, both virtual and person, those numbers have been dropping recently. So we're just constantly doing things to test that and see where those are. It speaks to what many of you, including Dave, just said too, of just why it's so important to diversify because in my opinion, we had the virtual numbers were so high for so many advisors for so long because that was the only option for a little while. And now those have kind of leveled. Keith pulled some great numbers for us at JL Smith that I think over the last six months, like we've had the same ROI over our virtuals in person. So it went from very lopsided to even, and that's why it's nice that we're doing a split there, doing both virtuals and in-persons. But if you are doing those testing different things. So we used to use only the bucket plan book is our hook on a virtual seminar to get people to book when we're on. We're That's something that we're actually moving up in the process. We're gonna use that in our ads and on our landing page to try and get people to the seminar. The other thing Keith is has been testing is different images and things like that up front. So anything that we can do to try and boost attendance there um, and not even attendance, I think that's something worth mentioning. Obviously, we all want more attendance on a virtual seminar and even more so in an in-person, but just having a lead that you can now drip on and follow up in, it's the registration that's adding someone into your pipeline there, someone to follow up. I've heard a few people mention Pellegrini. We use Pellegrini, even if you don't, having someone that can follow up is so powerful because it's about this marketing and follow-up process as a whole, not just the seminar or webinar or direct mail piece itself. Because once you have that lead, you got to continue dripping on them. For us, a quick success story with Pellegrini. And again, we use them, but if you have someone in-house, that's great. We had a seminar a couple weeks ago where we turned the list over to Pellegrini's team after to call the people that did not show. So just the registrants that didn't show we got more right fit calls booked than we actually had attendees at the seminar. Like what a powerful message there to having someone that can handle that follow-up for you again, whether that's in house or there. So I just, I want that to be kind of a takeaway for everyone is just don't forget about that side, the registrants, not just who's showing up, but consider all of those leads that you have coming in through that process. Okay, guys, we're going to have to wrap it up. We could have spent another hour on this. and There's just some odd things going on. Utilize us, call us, any questions. Next week, Jason will be leading the call on succession planning. It's going to be a great call, so join us at that point. Be safe and see you all next week. Interested in learning more about the topics discussed today? We want to know more about your challenges and priorities and how we can help build your custom roadmap to success. That's right, a custom roadmap built just for you. Schedule a free 20-minute consultation with one of our business development partners. Visit c2pe.info forward slash podcast to schedule a time that's good for you. That's c2pe.info forward slash podcast.